When one makes dough and bakes bread, there is an obligation to separate a portion of the dough as challah and give it to a kohen. Now challah which is tomei must be burnt, and if the dough which one is making is already tomei, he still needs to separate challah and then give it to a kohen, and the kohen then needs to burn it. Now if somebody is making dough and baking bread on the Yom Tov of Pesach, and that dough is tomei, then we run into a problem. Because in general, once you've made the dough, it has to be cooked very quickly, and you can't just leave the dough there, because the dough will rise and become chametz. So once you've separated the challah, you would need to bake it or burn it as quickly as possible. However, cooking and baking on Yom Tov, and doing other things for the sake of food, that is only permitted if it's for the sake of eating. But here the challah is tomei, and so it cannot be eaten. So you can't bake it, you can't burn it either, because it's forbidden to burn holy food on Yom Tov. You can't, for example, burn uh, carbonus or trimmer on Yom Tov, and the same applies for challah. So on the one hand, you can't burn it or bake the bread. On the other hand, you can't just leave the bread like it, the dough like it is now, because if you leave it, then it will become chametz. So the Mishnah asks, Ketan mafrishin challah How does one separate challah which, from dough which is tomei on Yom Tov of Pesach? Rebeliezer, says, You shouldn't declare and give a name of challah to any part of the dough until you bake it. So you should bake the entire dough, and then once you've baked it, then you should separate part of it as challah. And that way, at the time that you did the baking, you were allowed to do so. Because you couldn't point to any particular part of the dough and say that that is the challah. None of it was designated as challah yet. And the part which is not challah, you're allowed to bake even if it's tomei. Because you can eat it. So then, once you've baked it, then you should separate part of it as the challah. And give that to a kohen who should burn it as soon as possible before it manages to become chametz. So though ideally one should separate challah earlier on in general, before it's baked, in this case you should do so after it's baked, to avoid the problem in the situation. Rebbe says that you should not do that, you should separate the challah before you bake it. So now you've got a piece of challah dough which is tomei, and therefore you're not allowed to bake it on Yom Tov, because it's not for the sake of eating. But there's another solution, tatl b'tzaynein, you should put that piece of dough in cold water, and if it is left like that, then it will prevent it from becoming chametz. And then once Yom Tov has ended, then it will be permitted to burn it. The reason why Rebeliezer does not view this as a solution is that there is still a risk involved. The water might not be cold enough to prevent it becoming chametz. You might not end up, end up putting enough water. There's still a risk here of the dough becoming chametz. So according to Rebeliezer, you should just bake it as soon as possible, and only then give it the name of challah. Now, Amr Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, the third opinion of our Mishnah, comes along and says that the entire problem doesn't start. Because the prohibition of owning chometz on Pesach, the way the Torah says it, is that no chometz should appear to you. No chometz should be owned by you. It says the word lecha in the singular, referring to you personally. And according to Rabbi Yeshua, once challah has been separated, until it's been given to a particular Kohen, that challah is considered no longer to be the possession of the original owner, but rather the general possession of Kohanim. And as such, there's no problem if it becomes chometz, because it doesn't belong to any particular person. This is not the chometz which we are warned about, and which we are forbidden to own as part of the prohibition of Bayerae, that Chomitz should not appear to you, and that Chomitz should not be found. Those are the two words which the Torah uses when referring to the prohibition of owning Chomitz on Pesach. And as we explained, it only refers to you personally owning Chomitz, but if it's the collective possession of the Kahanim, then there is no problem, so you should separate the dough before baking it, and you don't even need to put it into cold water.
There's no problem if it becomes chometz or manchatat or erev. You should just leave it until the evening, until the end of Yomtov, then hechmitzah, hechmitzah. And if it becomes chometz, then it becomes chometz, but that's not a problem. Mishnah this Mishnah again continues the discussion of making sure that one does not leave dough for it to become chometz by itself. And when Gamliel says, Three women are allowed to knead dough at the same time, and bake their dough in one oven, one after the other. Meaning, if there is only one oven, and three women who are baking dough together, so if they all start preparing their dough at the same time, but there's only one oven and room for one of the pieces of dough to go in at one time, so you'll end up with a situation where two of the women will have finished kneading their dough and processing their dough, and have it to be ready to go into the oven, but there's no room in the oven. So they'll end up leaving the dough without work on it, without moving it. As long as you're still kneading the dough and involved in pulling it and stretching it, then it won't become chomets. But if you leave it, then it will become chomets. But Rabbi Gamliel says that we're not concerned that it will become chomets, because the bread will, will bake quite quickly, and in such a small time, it's unlikely that the dough of the other two women will become chomets, and so they can start processing the dough together, and then put in the dough one after the other. We're not concerned that it will become chomets. However, you can have three women who are involved in the processing of the dough at one time, but they can't all start doing the same thing at the same time. Rather, achas losha, one should be kneading the dough, and at the same time, achas ereches, one should be plaiting the dough, shaping it into a loaf after it has been kneaded, achas oifa, and one would be baking her bread, she would have her bread in the oven at that time, so that by the time that the bread has been baked in the oven, then the next piece of dough is ready to go into the oven, and that way you won't have pieces of dough just lying around, being able to become chomets, because the oven will be available once the dough is ready. Now the way we're going to understand Rabbi Akiva is that he is agreeing with the Chachomim and explaining why Rabbi Gamliel is wrong. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Although you're right, Rabbi Gamliel, that in certain situations, the two pieces of dough of the two other women who are waiting for the oven the dough won't rise, but there are other situations where it will rise. Not all women, and not all wood, and not all ovens, shoven, are the same. You could have an oven which cooks very quickly, you could have a woman who works very slowly, and all these different factors need to be taken into account, and therefore they cannot start at the same time, rather they should start at different times, and make sure that one woman does not need to wait for the other woman's bread to finish baking. And the Mishnah sort of gives a rule now, Zeaklol, this is the rule, to make sure that one's dough does not become chomets. Tofach, if it starts to rise or bloat a bit, then tiltosh b'tsoinein, she should wet the bread slightly with cold water, as we saw earlier on, because that prevents the dough from rising. Mishnah, hey, we learned at the beginning of the Perek about chomets nukshe which is dough which did not rise fully, and it was prevented from rising fully, so it did not reach the stage of being real chametz. And since it is not fitting to be eaten, it's known as chametz nukshe, and one is not chayev for eating it on Pesach. So as Mishnah Seer, half-risen dough, you're sorry if it needs to be burnt before Pesach, as we learned in the first Mishnah, but the one who eats it on Pesach, Potter, is exempt from punishment. He's not chayav kores, he doesn't even transgress a midoraisa prohibition, although it is forbidden with Jabonon to eat it on Pesach. Siduk, on the other hand, dough which has cracks in the top of it, which are signs of it having risen, just like when dough rises and turns into bread, the surface of the bread 
changes and starts having the cracks and lines. So once it has reached that stage, it's sorry if of course it needs to be burnt before Pesach. And when you eat it on Pesach, it's chayv koris, because that is considered to be chametz. Now how exactly do we define what is considered to be seer, that it hasn't written enough, and what is considered to be siddur, that it's considered regular chametz? Ezo seer asks the Mishnah, what is considered to be seer? Kukarni chagovim. It's dough that it has cracks, but the cracks are like the horns of locusts, meaning just like a locust has two horns, and the two horns don't touch each other, they come from different places, so too if there are a couple of lines on the dough, but the lines don't cross each other, there's only a couple of them, so then it has not yet risen properly, and it is not considered chomets, and therefore it comes under the category of seur, which is chomets nukshe. Alright, what about siduk? which is considered to be chomets, for which one is liable for eating. That it has so many cracks that the cracks actually have mixed and intermingled, and they do cross over each other. So that is the sign that it has reached the significant stage of rising, and it is considered chomets, for which one is chayv kares for eating. That's the opinion of Yehuda. In both this case and this case, meaning even if it only has a couple of cracks and the cracks don't intermingle, one who eats that dough will be chayv kores because that is not considered to be chomets nukshe and that does not come under the category of seer. As soon as it has cracks, it's considered to be chomets. Rather, the ezo seer, what is considered to be seer, that you would not be chayv kores for eating, any dough which has become white, literally its face has become white, like a person whose hairs stand up, meaning just like a frightened person, his face turns white and pale, so too when the dough turns pale, but it has no cracks in it, that is considered to be seer. Since it has no cracks, it has not yet reached the stage of chimuts, and as such it would not be chayv kores, but since it has reached the stage of becoming white and pale, so it does need to be, it is considered to be chomitz nukshe at least, and so it does need to be burnt before Pesach begins. If the 14th of Nisan, which is Erev Pesach, falls on a Shabbos, according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, one must destroy and do beer chomets to all of his chomets before Shabbos comes in. On Friday, the Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. According to some, he's allowed to leave enough for the meals of Shabbos, but only that which he knows that he definitely needs and will eat. But he is not allowed to leave any more in case he doesn't find people to eat it. And of course, to burn it on Shabbos would be forbidden. And also to, to take it out of the house and crumble it or throw it into the wind. It's also forbidden to transfer from one domain into another on Shabbos. So you won't be able to take it out into the street or by the sea. So since really the main way which you'll be able to destroy it on Shabbos is just by eating it or feeding it to the animals, we're concerned that you will have some left over, and therefore you do need to destroy all of it before Shabbos. You are allowed to leave all of the chomets to destroy it in its right time on Shabbos, and of course the sixth hour of Shabbos, or as we learned in the first Perek, the different opinions for when exactly it needs to be burnt. And the third opinion of the Mishnah is Rabbi Lozbar Tzodik, Omer. Rabbi Lozbar Tzodik says, Truma, which is the gift which is given to a Kohen, and can only be eaten by a Kohen, but a non-Kohen cannot eat it, that needs to be destroyed and burnt before Shams comes in, because he's very unlikely to find enough people to eat the leftover Chomets on Shabbos, since most people are not allowed to eat Truma. But V'chulin, regular food which is permitted to be eaten for everybody, is manon, you are allowed to leave that to destroy it on Shabbos itself, because we assume that you will be able to find enough people or your animals to eat all of the chametz. And even if you don't, there are ways that you can destroy the chametz on Shabbos, apart from burning it or throwing it into the wind. 
But the main point is that we assume you'll be able to eat it or give it to other people to eat or to other animals to eat on Shabbos and that you will not have any chametz left over.